What better way to start a podcast than to be sitting on your couch with a Lifetime movie on mute? Your stomach is growling. God, I hope you didn't hear that. (laughs) And you've got this bar of soap next to you. So before you have questions, let me just give you the answers. I was washing my face this morning and... I had been gifted this bar of soap yesterday and it's, you know, it looks like a handmade situation that somebody bought from like a specialty store (laughs) and I didn't read the soap. I just grabbed it when I was picking up a bunch of other stuff and sniffed it because how do you not sniff like a handmade bar of soap, but I didn't read it. I didn't read it until I was standing in my own bathroom this morning and I glanced over to my left, looked at the counter and realized that the soap said on the label, soap for the middle child. And I was like, oh, and then I continued reading and it said, largely invisible scent. And if I were to tell you the look on my face when I read this fucking part of soap, <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you could picture it, but I was a little taken back. I was kind of laughing, but my eyes definitely welled up with like tears because I've got some trauma around being the middle child. And then I continued to read this label and it really only made me want to scream. So the label says, go ahead and dye your hair purple. No one will notice. I know. I know. It doesn't it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. It seems a little cheeky, right? Not when you're the middle child. Let me tell you about my life as the middle child. When you're the middle child and you're the only, there's two girls. So I have an older sister and I have a younger brother and I'm in the middle. And let me just preface this with, they're like the fucking twin towers and I look like I'm adopted. Like I am average height and they're fucking monsters next to me. Okay. So not only do they out height me, but, um, everybody just would completely forget me my entire life. If you're a middle child, I know you feel this. All right. Cause I was the second girl. Every time there was a holiday, I just got the same exact gift as my sister did but in a different color. There was no, oh, Amy has, an, has her own taste and her own individual interests. It was whatever her sister likes, Amy likes too, but in purple. I didn't even fucking like purple when I was a kid. She got pink and I got purple. I would have preferred the pink, but no, I got stuck with the purple because basically it was just like the second hand, whatever was on the shelf, they grabbed and they gifted to Amy. So if my sister got a Barbie, Amy got a matching Barbie. If my sister got a dress, Amy got a matching dress. If my sister got whatever she wanted, I got it. And this continued, mind you, as we got older and I went to high school, 
oh, Lord Jesus, because she came first and I came second. She was Fiedler and I was Little Feeds, Little Fiedler. Like nobody knew my actual name. <laughs> they just referred to me as Little Fiedler. So I'm laughing, but isn't that what we do? When we're uncomfortable and in pain, like that was my only coping mechanism my whole life was to either laugh it off or embrace it, right? Like, am I supposed to laugh about the bar of soap where the back of the fucking bar of soap reads, magnifies misery, your sister's wedding was just beautiful. (laughs) Who are you again is the last one listed on this bar of soap. No one will notice, and who are you again, are like triggering statements in Amy world. In Amy world, if you say no one will notice, all I, all I feel and think is nobody cares, nobody paid attention to me, I was neglected, I was abandoned, which I'm just going to, disclaimer, if Cheryl is listening, don't take this personally. <laughs> Don't take this personally, Cheryl. These are my feelings. I speak on behalf of Amy and Amy only. These are my points of view. This is my life through my filter. And that is it. I do not speak on behalf of anybody else but myself. But I can attest to the fact that as a middle chat, and I know because I've spoken to so many people about this, other middle children feel exactly the same way. You feel forgotten you feel overlooked you feel like you don't have your own identity because everybody knows the firstborn and they remember the firstborn and then when there's a third after you they're the baby right so you don't matter you're always, you're that awkward in between you know age where like everybody just looks right through you because you're the short chubby one with leggings and high scrunchy socks on that is funny and stylish but nobody gives a fuck about that was me that was me so I was looking at this bar of soap this morning and for some reason as painful as it was for me to be reading this label and getting my childhood trauma triggered by it it definitely inspired me It inspired me to finally start this podcast and talk about it and just give myself complete free range to think and feel and observe and share and process and comment on and notice and whatever, whatever the fuck else I want to do. I mean, whatever else I want to talk about, it's just it's just like, you know, the topics are 12 degrees of separation and you got to try to keep up, but it will all make sense in the end because connect the dots, right? Connect the dots, bitch. You'll figure it out. It'll all make sense as we go on. So the bar soap triggered my pain and inspired me because of course pain inspires me. Otherwise I wouldn't do what I do for a living. If I wasn't so intrigued by things that hurt us, 
I probably wouldn't pay so close attention to everything. Like, I kind of wonder what life would be like if I could go to the grocery store and not be so tuned in to everything happening around me. Is ignorance bliss? Would we call that ignorance? I don't really know. I, I don't really know. I don't know life without being so aware of my surroundings and people and things they're doing and body language and what they're saying and what the things they're saying actually mean like beneath the surface right like what what's the depth behind that conversation or that 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 behavior pattern that I just saw I don't really know what life would be like I wonder I'm sure if I did drugs um, which I never have done drugs, but if I did drugs, I'm sure that I would experience life less aware. Because I feel like drugs for other people maybe make them hypersensitive to things. I feel like it would have <laughs> different, a different effect on me. I'm already hypersensitive and hyper aware of everything. I mean, for crying out loud, like the bar of soap is triggering me right now. It's triggering me. So I felt like I needed to talk about it because that's what I do when I'm triggered by things. I hope that's what you do because that's definitely what I do when I'm processing. And you know what's kept me from like doing this for so long is the fact that like I have such a such a unique personality. <laughs> that's me putting it nicely. I have such a unique personality that like you really have to you really have to understand me and my intentions to understand the things I'm talking about, right? Which I guess that goes for everybody, but what I'm saying is you really have to know that when I'm sharing stories and talking about things that possibly hurt me or upset me, it's with the intention of coming through it right it's with the intention of making sense of it it's with the intention of finding clarity in it so I don't stay stuck in it so I don't continue to hurt from it um which is the is different than venting venting and that was always my fear that people were going to interpret my humor or my sassy little rants as venting and then get annoyed by me and then ask me like, how do I feel like I'm qualified to do what I do if I'm just complaining? I'm not complaining. I'm observing, I'm processing, and I'm working through it. And venting is like, I'm just going to complain and complain and complain and play powerless victim to my circumstances. Not I'm open to to growth here. Not I'm looking for insightful information to guide me here, right? So, yeah, that's my thoughts on that. <laughs> that's my thoughts on that. My, my, my fear in communicating and being myself was that I didn't think you'd get me or accept me. And I'm always so pleasantly surprised when my tight-knit circle of people around me find humor in the things I do and 
really accept and understand me because it's like that that piece of acceptance that I struggle with personally or I struggle finding clarity in, right? Which is, you know, it's also another piece of the puzzle here why I'm doing this because when I talk out loud, and maybe you're the same way too, when I talk out loud and I talk to myself all day, like legitimately borderline sound like a crazy crazy person to the untrained ear because I I walk around talking to myself all the time. And I'm sure that doesn't go over well when I'm in the aisles of the grocery store and there's like a nice little old lady standing next to me looking at the tomato sauce because she thinks I'm talking to her and I'm definitely just talking to myself and and, or she thinks I'm like on something or possessed. Which, mind you, I was at the grocery store today and like the average age of people at the grocery store before noon on a Friday are is definitely like 65 years old like every and that's average I'm saying average because I was in there and then there were like 80 year olds in there and you know when you average shit it's like you know I don't math but you know so everybody in the store except like Amy and like two employees were driving motorized carts (laughs) Is there like a senior citizen newsletter somewhere that literally says, do your grocery shopping before noon on Friday? I'm trying to think. All my grandparents are dead. Every single, every single one of them. I'm trying to think of when they went to the grocery store. Like, ordering your groceries online did not exist when my grandparents were alive and for damn sure I didn't do Nana's grocery shopping for her so I I know I think I took her one time and it was definitely like a noonish hour of a day I don't recall what day it was most likely a Thursday or Friday if I can think back that far so yeah there must be I am pretty much like an 80 year old woman that is what we have concluded from this conversation (laughs) I said that to somebody the other day because they were like I had a very stressful day when I visited H&R Block if you follow me on my Instagram stories you heard all about it it's a gray shoe box with gray humans and everything's gray no there's no color just gray and and they get off with numbers it's just a giant gray math wizard's menage a trois in an H&R block. And when I left there, I was stressed. And, 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 <laughs> and the person I was talking to said to me, you should just go get a massage now. And I said, I, I went yesterday. And they were like, what does that matter? Go now. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, I just went yesterday. I'm good. They were like, go get your nails done. And I'm like, no, no, I just want to go home and do my puzzle. (laughs) And she was like, your puzzle? What are you, 80? And I was like, listen, possibly, possibly, but it's very therapeutic to do a puzzle. It's not therapeutic to do a puzzle where all the pieces are the same fucking color, which is the current 750 piece puzzle sitting in front of me right now. Every piece is a shade of blue or black or green because it's a beautiful looking picture of a man in a little kayak in the water surrounded by a cave. 
And as pretty as that looks, it should be hanging on your wall, not laying on your, on your um, coffee table trying to uh, be pieced together because it's, it's nearly impossible. It's, it's definitely impossible. So back to that soap. How, how am I going to connect the soap to the puzzle? Well, let me tell you, there are missing pieces in our emotional world all the time. And we don't address them until they get triggered, right? So while I was casually, mind you, like my thought process this morning was kind of like on this topic. I was working through things around feeling neglected and forgotten and and just trying to kind of reframe those beliefs. And so it's really no mistake that as I was casually standing at my sink, I glanced over and saw this middle child fuck me in the mouth soap that, you know, literally is attacking me from its from its beautiful wrapper. <laughs> no one would notice it says. Thank you. Thank you, motherfucker, who made this soap. Clearly, you weren't a middle child, or if you were, you misuse humor as a coping mechanism, which I want to touch on that briefly before I, I, uh, I sign off for the day. But, um, you know, your, your pain is definitely like a puzzle, and the pieces that are, that are popping up for you that need to be put together they come up naturally. They, they're emotional and they get triggered by people and experiences and soap on your kitchen or on your bathroom counter. And all you have to do in those moments is really just look at it and feel it. And I say process a lot. I, I say process all the time, but processing is really just making sense of it. Get self-reflective. Ask yourself some questions. And, and so that's what I did. And, and as I further kind of explored my thought process around the soap, it did lead me into comedy for a second, which is where I want to land with this, with this episode. And that's that we use humor as a coping mechanism. I do all the time because I had to growing up. That was my option laugh about it or shut the fuck up and get over it and and you know those were things that were genuinely (laughs) said to me (laughs) so I had to laugh at things that hurt me and you know demeaned me I didn't necessarily find it funny I found it hurtful but the only way to survive in those environments was for me to shrug it off or laugh it off or quip something back real quick and um, my honesty and my bluntness got me in trouble a lot because I had no qualms about saying things like that hurts me or that's fucked up. Who do you think you are? Like I had a mouth like this since God knows what age. I, I can't even remember how young it started, but I was definitely a child that was straight to the point and honest about things that I was seeing or feeling and I had no issue saying things like you know if somebody got in my face and wanted to hit me I'd look them square in the eye with no fear at all and I'd say go ahead hit me watch what I do after you hit me I'm gonna call the cops 
And like, I had no, I had no fear. These weren't healthy environments to be in, but it's just interesting when you reflect on those childhood experiences, how, you know, you stray away from some of those, those places that you were once in, right? You stray away from feeling that fearless kind of attitude, but was it really healthy that I was that fearless? It was a survival tactic. That's what it was. It was, what am I going to do? Cry, drop to the floor, plead, beg to not be hit? No. I reached a point in my life where I looked at a lot of the adults around me as, uh, as equals. Quite frankly, I always looked at them as equals. I was conditioned away from that. I, would, I was told you have to respect me because you're older. You have to respect me because um, I'm your insert title here, right? And I'm wiser than you. I've been there before. But like that's the most unhealthy way to teach your children is to say I'm protecting you from my mistakes because the truth of the matter is is that your mistakes came from your experiences and your perception of the world and what your parents taught you. So you projecting them onto me and then conditioning my behavior from there to imitate yours or course correct your own through me is definitely not fucking healthy, right? That's not healthy. That's, there's nothing healthy about that. You have not given me my independence um, or any sense of self to be able to survive in this world when you treat your children that way. And you definitely don't get respect by demanding it because that's not even the definition of respect. I have this conversation all the time with people that are older than me. Mind you, as of this episode, I am 34 years old and age does not equal wisdom. I know children that are under five that are wiser than me Quite frankly, my dog Dewey is a whole lot fucking wiser than I am because he's pure and he's in tune and, and, and he has been his, his positive qualities, his pure innocence, right? And his unconditional love have been cultivated by me, his mother, right? And that's how human parents should treat their children, you're not there to control and make them obedient to you. You're not there to tell them what to do. You're there to, to harvest their positive qualities and provide environments that allow those, those positive traits to be enhanced, not hindered. Mine were hindered. Mine were suppressed. Mine were... Um, dimmed. Mine weren't, weren't, weren't given a chance to thrive because they threatened the insecure adults around me. They threatened them. Amy had an opinion. Amy was told things like the bar of soap is telling her, who are you? Why do we care? Nobody wants to hear you, which as I said, it's like 12 degrees of separation in this joint. Like everything connects here, right? One of the big reasons why I didn't want to get on and, and talk about much of anything to anybody outside of like a session with 
with clients is because that's the voice that leads me a lot of the time in my head. It's still there, which is why I woke up this morning trying to process it and then landed on a bar of soap and here we are. So there you have it, kids. I'll be back next time with some more. And I'll be, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'll be talking about, but um, I'm sure it'll, it'll be interesting for you to listen to, for sure. I'll uh, see you later.